Hi to everybody out there in Defenders Universe. Oh my goodness. For all the millions. And millions! I think we all are in agreement. This may be the most beautiful night in LAFC's three-year history so far. Welcome to a very horse scarf and a very... Very exciting episode 133 of the most LAFC podcast in CONCACAF. <laughs> I love it. You guys know my voice. I am one half of the dastardly defenders duo that you have come to know and love so much over the first 133 episodes. J.R. Liebert, the scarf. And of course, sitting just across the table, a socially distant six feet away from me, is the man that you all have come to know, love, and cherish as Philly, Christian Philemon. Love. What is love? Love is a many splendid thing. Love lifts us up where we belong. All we need is love. All we need is love. The emotion that I would say the vast majority of us shared today was that of excitement, anticipation, Anxiety, L- little bit of anger, anger, little bit of anger, little frustration, bit. optimism, All joy, ecstasy, love. and victory. Look, we we dealt with a lot of emotions today, defenders. An awful lot of emotions, and you know what? It was so worth it. It was so well worth it. You talk about a, a horse scarf. There's a horse filly here. <laughs> oh, God. Very horse Philly oh, right here, but we're That's we're forever. gonna get we're gonna get through this episode in some way, in some way, in some shape, and in some form. Scarf, yes, sir. As as a result of your genius brain, episode one thirty three is being dubbed LAFC America's team. And if you really want us to emphasize on the accent, LAFC America's. Team. Look at you doing the accent. America's team. Look, Philly, all I want to know is a couple things. One, where is Ante Razov and can I buy him a drink right now? That's number one. Number two, who was on the other end of the walkie-talkie? <laughs> and number three, will we have enough time to appeal a red card? That's all I got. Those are my three questions leading into the podcast. Look, if you don't know why we're recording this episode... I'm so glad you're listening because that's what we're here for. We're here to to try and educate you as much as two knuckleheads can about this match. And knuckleheads and, we are. And it's not even a matter of educating. It is a matter of basking in the LAFC warmth that we all felt today. Certainly not much in the first half, but definitely in the second half. I don't think there's any doubt that in our club's history, this was the most significant night that we have had a chance to do something special in. And I'm not going to lie, you guys. Let's be honest. Our most significant night in 2018, knocked out of the playoffs in the first round, knocked out of the U.S. Open Cup. Our most significant nights in 2019, knocked out of the playoffs, knocked out of the Open Cup. Our most significant nights in 2020, knocked out of the finals of the COVID Cup, knocked out of the playoffs by Seattle. But all of those nights, family friendly, love it so much. All of those nights, 
pale in comparison to the importance of Champions League. And no, we're not just saying that because we're still in it and Columbus won MLS Cup. Oh, no, we're still saying that. You go, we're also saying it because of that. But you go ahead and ask anybody if they would take the CONCACAF Champions League trophy or MLS Cup. And we tend to believe here on Defenders of the Bank that it's the CCL trophy, Philly, that people would want more. There's no doubt about that. You brought up Ante Razov. You wanted to buy him a drink. I do. We're going to get into a little bit more of that later. But I, I, I want to say this. Jake Paul, you don't need to be challenging Conor McGregor, brother. You need to be challenging Ante Razov. Because Ante Razov has the knockout power. We saw that. And we'll talk more about it Listen, later. Listen, like he hit a pretty big immovable target, though. Dude, it was still a big target, and he still managed to give him a bit of an eye. What, Albeit what you, what it was pink, it? not uh, black, but still. A bit of a what now? A bit of a, a how's your father? Is that what you A little bit say? of the, uh, the, the how's your father. Look, this was, this was an incredible game, and you are absolutely right. The biggest club that we have ever faced in terms of a global scale, Borussia Dortmund, and we tied them one-to-one. However... That was an exhibition. That was a friendly. That was a bit of a good relations tour. As New World Order president Larry Friedman said, we play for keeps. Cue in that NWO music. We play for keeps. This match mattered. Why? Because there was silverware on the line. There were jobs on the line. There was respectability. And we have a whole lot to talk about. Biggest win in club history. I'm about ready to scream and yell and cheer with all a bit of gusto I got left. Scarf. We still got to give them this day in LAFC history. Oh, it's And a happening. bit of LAFC news before this match recap. Dig it. Let's do it. Philly just had an aneurysm, by the way. You guys, if there was a paywall and you guys could pay to watch this, Philly now, is, his, his eye kind of looks a little bit like Herrera's right now. <laughs> Look, let's get into all the fun that we do before we get into the most fun that we have in recapping this beautiful game against Club America. Let's go off on a little bit of this day in LAFC history. And it's going to be a quick one. Today is, of course, the 19th of December in the year of our Lord 2020 and on this date, I have like zero voice. This is going to be a fun episode. <laughs> Horse voice. That's forever. Jesus. On this date How in doing, 2017, Scarf? that's right, 2017, before we had even played a match, today was the day three years ago that LAFC announced our first three matches in club history. Of course, the two against Seattle and the one against RSL on March 10th. Those three were announced before anything else, so we got to get a little anticipatory love going for those three matches. December 19, 2017. On December 19th, 2019, on the social media account at Defenders of the Bank, the hashtag Defend the Shield was born as MLS announces their 2020 schedule. Unfortunately, we could not defend the Shield, but we might have to be able to defend something a little bit more important than that. On the 20th in 2018, a move that kind of changed the course of LAFC's goalkeeping history, if you will. Walker Zimmerman, Christian Ramirez, and Tyler Miller were all called. And by the way, none of them are on the team anymore. And that was just like a year and actually two years ago now. 
Walker Zimmerman, Christian Ramirez, and Tyler Miller all called into the January 2019 U.S. Men's National Team camp. It was Tyler Miller's first call into the squad, but unfortunately, he did not play and did not come back as the same person. Also, LAFC was announcing two new club spaces at Bank of California Stadium, the North End Terrace just above the 3252, and the midfield box, which is basically the middle of the second deck on the east side of the stadium. And who can forget December 21st, 2017, Philly, when LAFC acquired the rights to club legend Callum Malice (laughs) with the 23rd pick in stage two of the 2017 MLS re-entry draft. And that is this day in LAFC history, but it segues nicely, Philly, into news and notes because LAFC acquired another player who we have already acquired once before in the re-entry draft or the waiver draft or Philly, which draft was it that we acquired the player that you're about to tell us about? It would be stage one scarf of the re-entry draft that occurred this past Thursday. There it is. LAFC was one of the three teams involved. We selected Raheem Edwards from Minnesota United. Philly, why does that name sound very familiar? Because if you've been listening to our show, then you have no doubt heard scarf. Mention his name on some segment and some portion of this day in LAFC history. It's true. He was originally linked to us dating back to the MLS expansion draft of 2017. When LAFC chose him, he was used as trade bait defenders, traded to the Montreal Impact for our very first captain in team history, Laurent Simon. Raheem Edwards is back, and we'll see where this goes. Welcome back, Raheem. And welcome back, Cotter. I just want to mention, it was on the 12th of December in 2017, which we talked about possibly last year at this time. I know we didn't talk about it on our episode, but on the 12th of December, 2017, drafted fourth, excuse me, fifth overall in the 2017 MLS expansion draft, trans- traded with Yuka Raidala for Laurent Simon. Indeed, indeed. So that's bit of news one, bit of news two. There's no doubt you've seen some rumors circulating. And even on places like ESPN that Carlos Vela was linked to a potential move to Club America. It was said that he'd like to end his career there. When asked about it, head coach Bob Bradley said they'd never heard of such a thing. An answer to be expected. Hogwash. But but with a report coming out of ESPN, you got to start to bite your fingers and your nails on this a little bit. It was the same thing like Barca. The rumor happens all over again. Yeah, he has friends there. But he's making really good money here. And I can tell you with absolute certainty that L.A. has something Mexico City doesn't scarf. The Lakers. (laughs) And Carlos loves basketball. We know he loves basketball. He's making good money. He's got a good life here. He's not going anywhere. Miguel Herrera said it earlier that he wasn't going anywhere. You'd see that the bit of love that the Club America players are showing him would suggest otherwise. But Carlos isn't going anywhere. And neither is Latif Blessing. So right here, we're squashing the rumors, unless proven otherwise. Yeah, was it, was it Tigres, right? Were there the Latif Blessing rumors, by the way? And, uh, There's I'm, always rumors circulating. I mean, where, where, where's Rossi heading to oh, now, Scarf? Ooh, we, well, I have the answer to that. It was Real Betis, I believe. That's, yeah, the, yeah, that's the newest yeah. rumor for Diego Rossi. This is fun. So look, uh, Philly, w- the good part about all these rumors, right, is that we know that bigger teams are looking at our players, which is fantastic. 
that means that our players are doing something right. It would be one thing if you're a team like Real Salt Lake and nobody wants your players and nobody ever talks about your players, but I kind of like the fact that LAFC's players are constantly being rumored about because that means you know that John Thorrington and Will Koontz and everybody else in the front office is doing a fantastic job. If you want to have a little fun, everybody, by the way, head on over to Transfer Market and take a look at the salaries for or the perspective worth, I should say, for the different LAFC players, and we're doing pretty well as a club. So we're about to get into the match recap. Let's do and it. There are plenty of you defenders listeners that, as we mentioned in the last podcast, are very familiar with Liga MX and very, very familiar with Club America. Okay. But still out of respect for those who don't know. And I will say that Scarf and I didn't really know that much about the history of this team. Scarf's getting into the game earlier. I was a Euro snob for the longest time, but we took a dive and without a doubt, Club America a team. Wait a minute. It was Club America that took the dives tonight. <laughs> you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Or as the FS2 team would say, Club America. Goodness. Unbelievable. Worst... Fire those schmucks. Hire Philly in the scarf to give you FS2 coverage. Or at least put on Max Bredos and Vince LaRosa. I'd at the very least. But, but they're on YouTube TV. Let us take FS2. Nobody listens to FS2. I would imagine the vast majority of, of the LAFC listeners out there, the millions. And millions. Listen to TUDN, because I would, because those guys suck. Hire hashtag Philly and scarf. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk really quickly about Club America. Do it. All right. This is a team that's got some history, Defenders. October 12, 1916 was the founding. 104 years worth of history. Known as Las Aguilas. Known as Las Azul Cremas. Known as Millonetas. I hope I pronounced all You're that right. You're doing pretty well, actually. Right. Well, what do we got here? We got the Eagles. We got the Blue Cream. And we got the Millionaires. The team of the wealthy, as they would say. One of the founding members of the Primera Division Scarf. They have a record. 13 titles. 13 titles with their most recent coming in the 2018 Apertura. They have six Copa Mexico titles. They have six Campeón de Campeones Cups. And in terms of CONCACAF Champions League, seven-time winners, most recent in 2016. They are one of the most popular and most hated clubs in Mexico. With their home ground at Estadio Azteca, a venue that holds over 87,000, they have the largest attendance in Mexico and the eighth-best average in the world. Their slogan, Scarf. Yeah. And if I butcher this, I, I look, I'm, I'm a white kid from Queens. I'm sorry. Odiama Mas, which translates to hate me more. If a club's motto is hate me more, that opens up a lot of inquiries. And we're going to get into that momentarily. As far as this season goes, defenders, they finished in third place in Liga Emekis with a 9-5-3 record. Their goals for the highest scoring team in Liga Emekis. Despite leading Liga Emekis in goals, they don't have a single player that cracked the top five for goals or assists. That clearly means they spread the ball around. But as far as their season is concerned, they got knocked out of the quarterfinals by their arch rivals, Chivas. When it came to the CONCACAF Champions League, they made their way to the semifinals as a result of beating Atlanta United. Their first leg, March 11, 2020, they put the shebang bang on a very badly depleted Atlanta United lineup 3-0 with goals by Leo Suarez, somebody who we grew to hate throughout the course of this match. Real quick. Henry Martin, who, act, who was their leading scorer throughout the season, he, he had COVID, he didn't play, and Bruno Valdez. In that match, they dominated possession. They had 90% passing accuracy. They, again, put the shebang-bang on Atlanta United. Their second leg, most recently, on the 16th, Atlanta United beat them. Jackson Conway in the 82nd minute, only goal scored. They dominated possession. And by dominated, I mean Atlanta. 
That's who they are. That's how they came to be here. Let's get into things, Look, baby. Look, Philly, I think we talked about it, right? Club America coming into this match on a four-game losing streak. They hadn't done anything of consequence since November 1st. This was a team having a lot of trouble finding their way. You mentioned Henry Martin. He was the only player to score a goal in their last four matches, and he was not suiting up in this one. And as you could see today, just the one goal scored by Club America and a goal that, I mean, ugh, another bit of set-piece defending, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But this was a team in disarray. And I want to give a shout-out to my friend Amy on Facebook who sent me a message. Herrera definitely is acting like a man who is about to get fired on the hot seat. It definitely seems that Piojo is in a little bit of trouble. Philly, let's get into the starting lineups. I will take Club America first. Coming out in their typical 3-4-2-1 that they have been in the last oh couple of times or so that they've played. They were coached in the first half, I mentioned him, by Miguel Piojo Herrera. Coached in the second half by a strange voice on a walkie-talkie coming from a faraway land. Or a Nextel, who knows. I, look, here's my deal. If you get a red card, don't you have to, I don't know, leave? I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't see Ante Razov on the bench, but then again, he could have been there. I wasn't really paying attention. More on that in a little bit, Tee-hee. Philly. Starting in goal, probably the most decorated player in Liga MX in terms of national team experience, Guillermo Memo Ochoa, number 13 at keeper, a man who has capped over 100 times for L3. I mean, this is a guy who is an absolute legend. I'm not going to lie. I don't think he played terribly tonight. I don't think he had anything to do with those goals as much as it was the absolute talent of the man who used to represent L3, number 10, Carlitos Vela, but more on that in a little Love bit. Love that guy. Guillermo Ochoa in net memo. On the back line, Sebastian Caceres, Luis Fuentes, and Ramon Juarez in the middle. Richard Sanchez, Santiago Caceres, hmm. Luis Reyes, and Jorge Sanchez. And up top, Federico Viñas, Francisco Cordova, and Leo Suarez, who we definitely took a dislike to. Philly, turns out, not much mystery in the lineup for LAFC coming into this. You mentioned his name, and I kind of want to highlight him real quick, Scarf, because the camera certainly highlighted him quite a bit. They did. And that is Miguel Herrera. Yes. All right? What about him? He was a defender in his day, Scarf. All right? He played in 380 games. He scored 21 goals. But Scarf, he gave up running for cheeseburgers and beer. He managed El Tri. Here's where I actually had a little bit of respect for him. Sacked as the coach of the national team after an alleged physical altercation with a, por- with a reporter. An altercation with TV Azteca announcer Christian Martinoli, who had been critical of him throughout the course of his time there. While the two waited in a TSA line at Philadelphia, Philadelphia obviously attracts a lot of emotions and a lot of anger out of people. They, they got into it. And as a result of that, He got fired. And let me tell you something else about Miguel Herrera. This is a guy who, as per the FS2 telecast, if they're right, cool. If they were wrong and we say it wrong, blame them, not us. Here's a guy who's had 40 red cards in his career as a manager. Yep. How in the hell does that happen? The guy is clearly a hothead, and I want to say this about him. I want to say this. He was quoted during a press conference stating this. LAFC is a good opponent. But fear is really an inadequate word. 
We know LAFC is a strong team and that it does things well. But we are an important institution and Club America carries more weight than any team in MLS. Scarf, he shot himself and his team in the foot. Now the pressure falls on their shoulders. And if that's the case, they clearly had more to lose than us. You do carry weight, Miguel Herrera. But that's your own damn fault. Club America now carries weight as well. And that's the next casualty. You are the next casualty of this LAFC juggernaut that has been engulfing the Liga Imekis clubs. Thank you, Miguel Herrera. You set the tone. Tone deaf as it might have been, you added fuel to our fire and more weight on your shoulders. And by the judging of your knees, it didn't look like they could take it anymore, brother. I don't, I don't know why Philly is yelling right now. For all of you listening, the the walls where we are recording right now in beautiful downtown Culver City, the heart of Screenland, as they like to say, I don't know why are, are shaking right now. So I'm trying to bring our our listeners back to a little bit of of homeostasis with the with the volume of our voice. I would like to say this about Mr. Herrera. I, I do want to appreciate the fact that for a man who doesn't seem like he's in as good of shape as he was maybe in his playing days, Philly. The man moved around pretty good once he was removed from the match. He moved from one seat to another seat. He hid behind a pole for a little bit. He snuck back around for a chair. And here's my deal, Philly. If he got a red card, and we're going to talk about this over and over again when we recap the match. If he got a red card, he should have left the building or he should have at least went back to the locker room. Maybe there are different COVID rules. Maybe that's the only thing I can think of is maybe because of COVID, they don't want you like hanging out in the locker room or they don't want you leaving for the rest of the team or whatever it is. I don't know. But all I know is Edward Atuesta couldn't be anywhere around. So why does Herrera get to hang out with everybody else? And they gave him a walkie talkie. He got like a present for getting kicked out of the match. Pretty ridiculous. All right, as far as the lineup for the black and gold, no surprises. Injury report, Mohamed Traore. And we went in with the same lineup as Cruz Azul. Kenneth Vermeer. Thankfully, Tristan Blackman was healthy. He started. Eddie Segura. Jesus David Murillo. Chiqui Palacios. Mark Anthony Kay. Edward Atuesta. Jose Cifuentes. Carlitos Vela. Danny the Moose. Musovsky and Diego Rossi to round out your lineup. Let's get into the start of this. And Philly, I thought that LAFC really took the bull by the horns early on in the four-minute mark. We had a good ball into the box by Carlos Vela. A couple of shots knocked down, a possible handball in the box. It, I don't know. It kind of looked like it. Maybe it wasn't. And LAFC pushing ahead pretty hard in the sixth minute. The first offside for LAFC, it's Cheeky Palacios, who's a little bit off. But I noticed, Philly, just seven minutes in, Edward Atuesta not having the best game. Already two quick giveaways by Atuesta. But look, more on Edward Atuesta in a little bit. But he is such an important player for us. And when he's playing well, we tend to play well. But more on that in a little bit. In the eighth minute, Vinas definitely looking good. Federico Vinas splitting the defense. And Kenneth Vermeer needing to make a save on Suarez after he was able to make the pass. Diving to his right. But it was an Flying easy Dutchman, save. Flying Dutchman, baby. And I do want to say, Philly, the play by Kenneth Vermeer tonight. I think Kenneth Vermeer did everything he needed to do. Absolutely no chance on that header. And he wasn't in bad position or anything. Kenneth Vermeer looked pretty good on all of the other balls that he needed to look good on tonight. Came out of the box a couple of times. Didn't look shaky at all. Really happy with the way Kenneth Vermeer played tonight, Philly. And... I mean, in, let's talk about the eighth minute here, because at the end of the eighth minute, 
Cheeky Palacios with with maybe one of the, the strongest backhands I've ever seen in my life. A moment of silence for Leo Suarez as he fell down on the pitch and Cheeky earns a yellow. Eighth minute, like you said, yellow card on Cheeky. Leo Suarez dropping like somebody shot him. They should have given him the yellow card to match that awful die job he had on the top of his watermelon head. Yes, Cheeky swatted at him, Scarf. But that was like my cat. Schmitty McMittens swatting at me. When Schmitty swats at me, I don't drop like I've just been shot with a slug, dude. Come on with the theatrics. I know you're playing a team in L.A., Suarez, but there's no need to audition on this stage because you are only going to look like a schmuck, and that is exactly how you look. You set the tone for your club and for your average observer who has no idea the type of game that Club America plays, you set an ugly tone. Yellow card on Cheeky, but Leo Suarez would eventually get that yellow card to match that mop top scarf. Philly, I would like to read something that just came across the wire. Breaking news on Defenders of the Bank. Breaking news. It is 11.32, and this was posted at 10.43. So we missed it while we were preparing for the episode. Let me quote the Twitter feed of one Larry Friedman if you don't mind for a moment. Larry says, I said what I said, and Carlos Vela scored two goals when LAFC was down a man to Club America, and Miguel Herrera said what he said. We are an important institution, and Club America carries more weight than any MLS team. And he finished it off with this about a half an hour ago. One of us was right. (laughs) This is why we love Larry the legend. Larry Friedman, you are our spirit animal, my friend. So getting back to after the yellow card in the 11th minute, the first corner for Club America. Yep. Set, piece, defending. And look, Philly, I am not going to pretend I know soccer good enough, well enough, to be able to tell you the differences between man marking and zone marking. But I will tell you this. I have watched many a telecast where many a prognosticator and an announcer have said the same thing. And I don't mean to be a parrot, but I simply don't know. And this is Scarf talking here. I simply don't know how this can be the case if we have people like Bob Bradley and Ante Razov and Mike Sorber and everybody else coaching our club. But I've heard it from Stu Holden. I've heard it from Taylor Twelman. I've heard it from John Champion. And we definitely heard it today from the two awful broadcasters that were broadcasting for Fox Sports 2. Awful. Hashtag hire Philly in the scarf. They're pretty terrible. But this being said, Philly, how many times have we heard now over the course of the season the question of why does LAFC use zone marking versus man marking? And I'll tell you this. I don't know, and I don't claim to know. But I will tell you that our set-piece defending has seemed a, a little suspect, or as, the, as my middle schoolers would say because of Among Us, a little sus, if you will. And I, I think there's like four young kids that are going, hey, he knows a young kid word. Way to go. Is that something you put on a sandwich? No, no, no. That's, that's sauce. Oh. Sauce. oh a little different. Oh, oh. But <laughs> Sebastian Caceres putting America up one, no, excuse me, America up one nothing. And look, it no, you was, were right. The FS2 guys said America. They did. <laughs> and look, it was, it was a beautiful header, Philly. It was. But here's the issue. Four LAFC players flat-footed in the box while three America players went up to get that ball. 
And, and I have to say, it was just a beautiful, perfect header. Nothing Kenneth Ramirez could have done. Zero. America goes up one nothing, And look, it, it was a great goal. And sometimes you're the windshield and sometimes you're the bug. And that time <laughs> we were the bug and they were the windshield. So I can't be upset about the goal. I can kind of be upset about the way we defended it. But Philly, they gave us a yellow right back in the 13th. You got that right, Scarf. 13 minute, a yellow card on America on Caceres. Which, Which Caceres? Caceres? That's the name that Perez game. Oh my goodness, we got a few of those for this match. <laughs> this Caceres was spelt with, a, with an S, if I'm not mistaken. That's true, you are correct. All right, so yes, we have that right there. And I got to say, at this point, the ref is calling every little ticky-tack foul. He was not letting the boys play. And maybe I am a sucker for blood and violence, but there was just way too many calls being you made. Do enjoy, at that time. You do enjoy managers who get into physical altercations. Your favorite player is Eric Cantona, who jump kicked a fan in the stands. My new favorite manager has to be Ante Razov, even though he's an assistant coach. God bless you, Ante. Oh, let's buy that man a drink. Philly. At least, a, no, no, he deserves a bottle of Pappy Van Winkles. And if you haven't heard of it, look up Pappy Van Winkles. Those bottles don't come cheap. If anybody works at Pappy Van Winkles, Defenders of the Bank would love to have you sponsor us. Pappy Van Winkles. And, and what I heard, hire Philly in the scarf. Ante, what I heard is that Philly is going to buy you a bottle of Pappy Van Winkles. That's the what Defenders I heard. of the Bank account, along with Angel City Chicks account, is going to, and Striking Fury. I, I promise. They're all going to buy that bottle. I promise you we don't have enough money to make that happen right now. But either way, not yet. In the 15th minute, Suarez dives again, reminds me of the 2018 vintage of one Diego Rossi. He has been an absolute stud since then. But in the 15th minute, I mean, I got tired of seeing Suarez dive already and we were going to see that a whole bunch more in the 18th another Vela ball in the box but nobody home and they mentioned this at about 19 minutes yep. in Carlos Vela and Diego Rossi switching sides and that's something that we do on occasion if we see something on the opposite side that you know just the talent that we have on our front line of being able to do that with Carlos Vela and Diego Rossi 21st minute again, we're yelling at the TV. Someone needs to shoot the ball. A good attacking move by Carlos Vela, but no shot comes of it. Another corner in the 22nd minute. But yep. again, well, I have to say, Philly, we defended the corners very, very well after that one awful bit of defending. Sure. But what I noticed in that 22nd minute, Philly, is that Mario was badly out of position right before they got that corner. I think, again, that was another moment where they saw that at the half. They addressed it with Mario, and he looked fantastic. In the second half, they ran the same play, Philly, but nothing happened. No doubt. You mentioned Mario in the 25th minute. He had a great bicycle kick to clear the ball. That was fun. And that ball ended up finding its way to Cheeky, who tries to place the ball to Sifu, who heads it above Ochoa. And that was one of the better attempts that we had as far as the goal was concerned. Sure. There weren't that many shots on target as far as the first half was concerned. That was definitely one of the better ones. Two minutes later, ball gets into the box. Vela Rossi, but once again, Club America has the entire population of Mexico City in there, preventing anything from happening. Minute later, 28th minute, a bit of light for LAFC. At least we thought so. We had a free kick. Atu Eston Vela lineup. Nothing happens there. 31st minute, another corner for America. Leads to a shot by Reyes outside of the box. And you're thinking and scratching your head. They let up a goal. And now LAFC not having the greatest output as far as clearing the ball is concerned. And... Going as far as the offense, going into like the offensive output of it, LAFC was having a really hard time finding a clear shot. America's defense on the back line, 
absolutely suffocating. How the heck are you going to score when the entire population of Estadio Azteca is in front of Memo Ochoa? It was rough in the opening minutes of the match. If you're asking me, Philly, I am not going to score because they don't give me a uniform and I don't get to play. And even if I did, I doubt By the I looks of you, you got a uniform on right now. Minus I, the boots. I do. That is very true. And the socks. Here's, but you here's own those. what I noticed, though, Philly. Every note that I have after the 34th minute, Starts and by the way, choppy. my note in the 34th minute, Tristan forces a turnover, and I love the way he's playing right now. I really love the way that Tristan Blackman played today. I thought he looked great. He played really confident on that, uh, that right-back spot. or Yeah, right-back spot. E- either way, every note that I have after that note in the 34th minute, Philly, is about LAFC and LAFC pressing forward. Oh, yes. A long ball just out of the reach of Cheeky in the 35th. Vela with a bender, but an easy save for Memo in the 37th. Yep. Vela to Cheeky for another corner after yeah. a nice run by Vela in the 39th. 40th Forty, minute. Yeah. Another corner comes to Segura. Hell and of a Absolutely shot. hammered it. But you know what? Maybe that's why the guy is capped 100 times for Mexico in goal, Philly. A great save by Memo Ochoa. And Philly, this was the first time in the match in the 43rd minute. Ooh. That I felt like Club America started to play a little dirty and no, no awful, an awful studs up tackle on Carlos Vela in the corner. You're right, Scar. 42nd minute, Leo Suarez to match that lousy ass die job on top of his noodle, foul on Vela. This dude got under my skin as a spectator. I can't even imagine how much the players on our, on the pitch must have hated him. He was, without a doubt, one of the dirtiest players that Club America put on the pitch. It was watching him. Just, it, I grinded my teeth on a number of occasions. Do you know what really grinds his gears? No, here's the thing about Suarez. I have realized now, maybe it's something with players named Suarez. <laughs> my least favorite player in all of professional football is Luis Suarez. And now I meet Leo Suarez for the first time, Club America. Guess what? You just made the list. That's right. Leo Suarez, you just made the list. Way to go. And in the 45th minute, Philly, I I put this there. I said a fight-ish, right? There was like a fight-ish that happened as the the players got together. I I have here, I'll I'll read my, my exact note. There was some pushing and stuff, period, all after Sifu was taken down from behind, and that's when we saw Philly, the double technical foul rule in the NBA. We got two <laughs> yellows, one for Vinas and one for Murillo. Yep. And, and, and I mean, that, I, I, don't know, I don't know what to do there, right? You get, I've seen it in basketball, the double technical fouls. I, in football, they're like offsetting personal fouls, and, and we just keep playing forward. But, I mean, you definitely felt that the tone of the match changed after that foul in the corner on Carlos Vela and there in the 45th minute there was a fight ish we go into stoppage but there there really wasn't a lot of stoppage but a play that we thought might change the entire course of the match about 40 seconds into stoppage time without a doubt you see the camera pan over to Atuesta and Memo Ochoa in pain rolling around on the ground you're looking at it and you have no idea what's going on you're, you really don't. But then we see the replay. Atuesta and Ochoa had a bit of a scenario. Atuesta slapped at Memo. Maybe swatted at him. 
And I have to say, they both made a scene out of this. Not going to deny that. They both made a scene out of this. Atuesta reacted, and that was awful. But it was awful on both sides. I'm not going to not say that Atuesta wasn't to blame for certain things. I mean, he really was. But the shocking aspect about it all, I don't know what he said to the refs. I don't know where the language went. We didn't hear that. But all of a sudden, we see a red card given to Edward Atuesta well after the fact that whatever he did to Memo Ochoa occurred. I'm sorry, but to hell with the refs at this point. And I know we say this all the time. You never want to leave the match in the hands of the officials. I mean, come on. Memo, piss off. Refs, piss off. That was awful. And now this game is getting out of control. The half comes to an end. Bob's getting into it with some of the America players. And one of the best things that happened for LAFC in that first half was Ante Razov knuckling up and punching Miguel Herrera right in his job of the hut like face. I love it. He didn't hit him hard enough because all he did was break a couple of blood vessels in his left retina. He should have blackened his eye as far as I was concerned because you know what? With 40 red cards and getting fired for punching a journalist, you deserve it, brother. We'll talk more about him because as far as America was concerned, he really was the show as far as the second half was concerned. But despite the way that the game was played, despite possession and control, Watching this match up to this point was infuriating. Not because of anything, but the dirty tactics, the exaggerated fouls, and the awful officiating. If Miguel Herrera wants to talk crap about MLS, why did he tell his players to basically act in the way that he did? That is what I feel. All right, I want to want to stop for a minute. I want to talk about our boy Ante Razov, if you don't mind, for just a second. A legend there's, in Major League Soccer, there, Scarf. There's a pretty good chance that we're not going to see him for the final. Turns out he might have got a red card for the, uh, for the right hook. I do want you guys to understand why I love Ante Razov so much. And, and even before the right hook tonight, he is from Southern California, the pride of Whittier, if you will. He is a Bruin through and through, playing four years at UCLA. He is a Bob Bradley disciple through and through, playing on the Chicago Fire in 1998, who won MLS Cup coached by none other than Bob Bradley. He's even a local professional football legend here in near Los Angeles down in Carson on Chivas USA, where he scored 30 goals in 76 matches en route to 114 goals in his Major League Soccer career. That might have also included seven from Racing Farrell, so he might only have 107. I don't know. I got to look at the list. I don't even care. The man capped 25 times for Team USA, and he has been here since the start on Bob Bradley's bench. I love Ante Razov. I love Ante Razov even more now that he gave a little right hook to Piojo, Miguel Herrera. Philly, for a first half where we're down a man and down one nothing, we looked really good on the stat line. We dominated, man. As far as shots, we led nine to five. Shots on target, though, because of the fact that Club America parked one hell of a bus. There were only two shots on target by LAFC, but there were also two shots on target by Club America. The sad part is they were up one nothing. Possession. We absolutely dominated. We're talking 69% to their 31. Passes. 
We dominated 277 to their 127. Passing accuracy, 83% to their 70. Fouls, they were a little cheekier than us. We'll come back to that later. Yellow cards, Leo Suarez, <laughs> your yellow head. Three for Club America, two for us. Red cards, ugh. One for Eddie Atuesta. Offsides, us won. Corners, they led. That was the stat line. Yeah, Philly, I do want to mention just one other thought because I love this man so much as well. As everybody was leaving the pitch, my only thought was, where's Paul? We needed Paul. We needed Paul to step in between there, much like he did to Matias Almeida, (laughs) much like he would do yet again to Miguel Herrera if he had the chance. Paul, we miss you, buddy. We love you, buddy. And Philly, you and I were talking at the half. We were really excited to see the substitution, Danny Masovsky, for Latif Blessing. We were listening to the broadcast, the two guys that called them Club America, talk about the fact that, according to the broadcast, it seems like maybe Miguel Herrera and Ante Razov have been tossed from the match because we could see Herrera being led into the stands. We didn't see Razov, but he's not the bigger figure between the two, literally and figuratively, (laughs) between Miguel Herrera and Ante Razov. And while we're talking about that, Philly... Lightning struck not once, but twice. And I have to say this. I, I, I just, look, there is no greater club legend going into this match than Carlitos Vela. We know what he means to the team. We know what he means to the, the annals of MLS history with his 2019 season crushing, not breaking, crushing records with his 34 goals and 15 assists and 49 points and everything that we did in 2019. But I'm going to say this, Philly. I don't think any moment, any moment that Carlos Vela has had during the course of his black and gold career so far matched the 46th and 47th minutes of this match. We were down a man. And it took a man to score not once, but twice in the span of like 90 seconds of real-time soccer. Can we just talk about Carlos Vela for a minute, Philly? Is there any other player who would want to have done what he did more against this team? Is there any other player better equipped to do what he did and to get out there on the stage in the hardest possible moments, down a man, knowing that you're the guy that they are going to mark from here on out because you are the most baddest man on the pitch? In those moments, and still, not one, but two. Body blow, body blow. I mean, taking the wind out of the sails of Club America Philly, we were we literally lost our voices and our minds here in Culver City. Without a doubt, which is why we're sort of struggle busting this podcast right now, because the wind came out of our sails. However, you want Carlos Vela to do his thing? I'll tell you this, a pissed off Carlos Vela is a damn good Carlos Vela. When that man is locked in, he is arguably one of the best players on a pitch, if not one of the best players, period. Vela was locked in. And I, I, I wish I was a fly on the wall to hear what it was that Bob said. I'm sure that Ante punching Miguel Herrera in his face lit a fire under the team. I'm sure that Edward Atuesta's horrific red call ejection lit a fire under this team. We talked about it during the half, you and I. We, we messaged this on the LAFC uh, community creator content board that the fire was lit. The game is going to turn around. 
And it sure was. And if you weren't in your seats for the first three minutes, yeah, I paused because you had to let that sink in. The first three minutes of the game, you missed LAFC going not up, not tying, but going up two. And it all came as a result of Carlos Vela and some sloppy passing from the back line of Club America. Now, if you want to play conspiracy theorists and you want to say that, well, it was a fixed match and this and that, and there was some point shaving and that Club America did this on purpose, whatever. I haven't heard any of those things, by the way, Philly. Yeah, I, I, I know, but there's always going to be conspiracy theorists. Regardless, Carlos Vela punched Club America in the throat and in the groin, not once, but twice. And as a result of that, boom, it is two to one. And Scarf, I got to say, after this, a lot of the action wasn't on the pitch. It was in the stands. <laughs> Look, I, I, I playfully called it Herrera Watch 2020. Look, we live here in Los Angeles, and I know many of you Angelinos out there that have born and raised here like I am, you have seen on the local news, anytime we get a quarter of a third of a half of an eighth of an inch of rain, they do yeah. Stormwatch 2020. They do all of the, oh my God, it's, it's, it's Santa Ana Windwatch 2020. It's El Nino 2020. Every time we have a little bit of rain, a little bit of a storm, a little bit of something going on, it's this watch 2020. Philly, we had such a good time watching the travels of Miguel Herrera in the stands. Oh, it was great. They kept panning back to him. I'm one amazed minute, that he made it that high up. One minute, he's arguing with officials. Next minute, he's sitting there. Next minute, he's trying to hide from the cameras and maybe from the officials. Next minute, he just says, you know what? I'm going to get fired anyway, so I'm just going to sit here. And then he, all of a sudden, Philly, he's got a walkie-talkie. Like, he was getting toys to play with. When he should have just had there. a jersey and gone on the damn pitch at this point. I mean, it was unbelievable. Now, Philly, I do want to say that, to me, the star of the second half not named Carlos Vela, the most important player on that pitch was Kenneth Vermeer. Kenneth Vermeer played so strong from the 52nd minute on where Club America earned a corner off of a deflected shot. Nothing came off of that corner. 54th minute, another corner for Club America, but we only got to see Herrera arguing with the uh, officials at that time. <laughs> 55th minute, another strong play by Kenneth Vermeer in goal. Vinius bounced right off of him. Absolutely. Piss off. And it was just one of those things. And, and Suarez, by the way, left, thank goodness, after the 58th minute. But 62nd minute, Vermeer handling across nicely. Tristan, yep. I thought, was playing really well, too. Oh, yeah. And it was those, that like 10 minutes or so, Philly, where I thought that, look, you and I, Philly, how many times have we seen, not just this season, but in our three years, LAFC scores a goal. minute or two later, LAFC gives up a goal. Now, granted, we scored two goals in about a minute and a half, but I was almost kind of sort of expecting LAFC to give one right back up. Oof. And it wouldn't have surprised me if we did. But to me, it was the play of Kenneth Vermeer and our back line staying organized that leading into, what, maybe the 64th minute when Rossi earned that corner, it was all defensive play up until the 64th for LAFC. Without a doubt. And 65th, there was a scary moment, but Eddie Segura makes a fantastic play. He had a really good game as well. 67th minute, we had Suarez wide open. He had a wide-open look on Kenneth Vermeer, but Kenneth Vermeer didn't have to do anything because he missed wide right. He missed wide right. And now we're starting to see the substitutions pour in for America. Now we see that Miguel Herrera on his next tell device, obviously, (laughs) 
dictating to the assistant coach what to do, making moves, trying to like you know, shake things up. Nothing really happened there, but we had a couple. We had a sub of our own. We had a giggity sub, Philly. Yeah, in that giggity minute, the 69th, LAFC subs in Pancho Janela for Jose Cifuentes. Amazing. And clearly at this point, the bus isn't parked anymore for Club America because they parked the hell out of it in the first half. Now they're clearly in there on the, uh, on the attack. Yeah, Philly, it'll be interesting to see what the deal is with Sifu. Of course, look, we'll, we'll tell you what happened. We, we wind up winning, so we have a match in three days. So I'm going to say... Spoiler alert! Sorry, Lincoln dies in the end. So does Selena. The Titanic sinks. So just in case you haven't seen Lincoln, Selena, or the Titanic yet, they, that's what happens at the end of all of them. Real quick, though, Philly... It'll be interesting to see what happens with Sifu, right? Because it looked like he might have picked up a little knock. And we have another match, the final of the CONCACAF Champions League in three days. So hopefully Sifu is okay. Looked like he was coming out for Poncho. But I also think that was more of a strategic sub as well. In the 71st, like Bob Euchre said in Major League, Suarez takes the shot and it's just Just a a bit bit outside. outside. That's right. A home run by Carlos Suarez missing well high and well wide of the goal and in the 74th minute i'm just going to read you my exact note because i like to do this from time to time carlos vela is playing so pissed off right now and i love it i loved this carlos vela and look clearly this is not a carlos vela that can play this way for 90 minutes every single match he was clearly being fueled by this deeper fire inside especially in the second half but now all we need is 90 minutes of this Carlos Vela Philly. And I think we're raising the most important trophy in our, obviously, in our, our young team's history. In Major League Soccer's history. Philly, 76 minute. I mean, talk about a terrible place to commit a foul. It was a weak whistle, Scarf. Yeah, but you know what? Weak That's, whistle. They were calling those things all match. Right outside the top of the box there by Eddie Segura, the free kick. And Kenneth? Vermeer. Oh, yeah. Again, the Vermeer wall coming up big as the ball. I mean, the wall didn't do its job. That's for sure. That ball literally, Philly, went right through the wall. And Kenneth Vermeer might have seen it for about a half a second or so. And again, we saw another hard foul by Caceres on Janela in the 78th minute. And in the 79th minute, Philly, even though he was on a yellow, a straight red to Luis Reyes. Now 10 v 10, and all I said was lots of stoppage time expected after the 79th minute. It's amazing what we thought was going to be stoppage time and what was. But just like that, you said red card distributed and very well worth it. Spikes were up. And you thought that, okay, we have a bit of an issue because Poncho was calling for medical staff to come over. But as you're looking at the ground, you see Diego Rossi. And I love Diego Rossi. Diego Rossi, you know, he kind of acts a little bit. We always jokingly say that he is part of the Uruguayan diving team. Love but that, so be it. I'm not going to hate on him. There was far more acting and BS coming from Club America as far as this match was concerned anyway. Now, homeboy with the red card gets to hang out in the stands with Miguel Herrera having a beer. And we are now at, on an equal playing field. 83rd minute, Escobosa comes in. The reason why I even mention his name, you know, we were taking notes. It got a little sloppy because we were getting excited. But he played for Diego Maradona 
down at Dorados. If you have not seen Maradona in Mexico on Netflix, I highly recommend you do so. It shows a completely different light of Diego Maradona. Not Diego Maradona, the uh, the crazy party animal, but, but Diego Maradona, the head coach, the father figure to a lot of young, upcoming footballistas, and Escoboso was one of them. So I would highly recommend you watch that, and that's the reason why I'm highlighting him. You get some more subbing in as far as the match is concerned. 88th minute, Diaz, a shot. This is a bit of a scare. A shot that deflected off a cheeky, but that little bit of deflection off a cheeky allowed Kenneth Vermeer to scoop it up. I believe it took a little bit of the mustard off of it, as you would say, Philip. Absolutely, there was no mustard on that. Kenneth Vermeer once again playing a decent game. And 89th minute. (laughs) <laughs> this is where we start to have a little bit of fun. Carlos Vela working really hard to get himself a corner. And then a second later, Diego Rossi gets fouled. And then we're in the 90th minute, and we're waiting, waiting to see how many minutes are in stoppage. With the way this game was going, I'm telling you, we're looking at the clock. I remember the first time I really started looking, it was the 60th minute. And then what I thought was going to be the end of the second half, I'm looking at the clock again. It's the 65th minute. I'm like, oh, my God. With the way stoppage is going, they're going to pull out 17 minutes of stoppage. The way our luck was running. But they pulled out four. 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 And at this point, Club America, with their backs against the wall, Memo Ochoa outside of his box the whole way through, trying to give Club America the man advantage. But nothing happens until the 90th plus four. We had a situation where there was a great pass to Diego Rossi by Carlitos. He gets blocked by Memo Ochoa, but Latif Blessing, the game changer, the star man playing on the right, his name is Latif Blessing, and he's really, really good at soccer. Dynamite. There you go. He ends up punching in the exclamation point, three to one. And at this point, defenders, LAFC not only is on the brink of history, But we set history. The only Major League Soccer club to best three Liga Emekis clubs. Leon, Cruz Azul, Club America. Un-freaking-believable. I don't know if you guys heard it, but Latif called game. I mentioned this on our live feed at the time where we were going absolutely nuts. I do want to mention something, Philly, that after the 85th minute, I needed to stop hitting the capital V key on my notes because in the 85th, I've got a note about Vela, 87th about Vela, 88th about Vermeer, 89th about Vela, 90th about Vela. It was unbelievable to see the two stars of this match, Kenneth Vermeer and Carlos Vela. But it was a true team effort. Again, I thought our back line played really, really well after the 11th minute. Yes, we gave up the first goal And we went down a man. But if not for the play of our back line, which stayed tight the entire way, all we did was go from three attackers to two after Eddie Atuesta picked up his red card. We subbed in Latif for Musovsky. That basically gave us another midfielder, but another player who also knew how to play defense as well. So we had the two attackers up top. We really didn't change shape all that much. We just changed where the emphasis was going. And it was unbelievable to me, Philly. The way we played the last 45 minutes, how composed defensively, how good we really did look. Because let's be honest, not much got through to Kenneth Vermeer. And when they did get through, especially that one that went through the wall that Vermeer had to make a great save on, 
when they did get through, Kenneth Vermeer was that starting caliber keeper that we knew he could be when he came over from the Eredivisie for those almost, a, what, a decade and a half, basically, of experience there. Played so, so well during his career overseas. We are so happy to have him right now. But Latif called game. Memo makes the first save. And look, without Memo Ochoa, they might have even been down another goal or two in this match. So he played real well. I, I have no love for Memo Ochoa because of the acting job that he did to Awful. earn Edward Atuesta a red card. Awful. And I'm hoping beyond hope, although I'm not optimistic and I don't think it'll happen, I'm hoping beyond hope that LAFC can do something about the red card. But I do want to say this, Philly. In the first half, we saw some very undisciplined play from LAFC. Sure. Because here's the deal. If you and I are being hit up on our Twitter and Instagram and Facebook feeds of, this is what Club America does. This is how they play. This is what they do. They bait you and they bait you and they bait you. Hate me more, their motto. Right. Then, I'm sorry, we're assuming that's also got to be talked about by Bob Bradley and the coaching staff in the locker room before the match. So if you know that that's who they are, you have to keep your head. You have to play more disciplined. You have to not put yourself in positions that earn you not just yellow cards, but, I mean, let's be honest. If Edward Otsuesta earned the red card for a late bad tackle, or he earned the red card having to make a tactical foul after already being on a yellow, that's something completely different than him reacting to Memo Ochoa, who most likely talked smack to him while he was on the ground. You just can't react that way, Philly. And for me, the only negative throughout this entire match is the fact that when we go up against Tigres and Gignac and the quality team that they are, we are going to be without a player who I have said on this podcast so many times, he might not be our best player, but to me, when Edward Atuesta is on, we are the best version of ourselves at LAFC, and to me, he's our most important player, and we won't have him in the final. He, without a doubt, is one of our most important players. Sadly, he didn't have the greatest game, so his impact on tonight's out effort, wasn't. it didn't really matter. But of course, him losing his composure... And I don't know if it was him losing his composure or the refs or whatever the situation may be. More on that later. It hurts us. And we talk about in CONCACAF Champions League, there is no VAR. I got to admit that Cheeky having that swipe on Leo Suarez, I mean, that could have easily earned him a red as well. We could have really been down two men. Two men. And we really have to be thankful for that because we, we, we're not without two men. But not having Edward Atuesta in the match going forward, is going to hurt us, but we'll dwell on that later. As far as today is concerned, we took out our third Liga Emekis club. And let's get into the stat lines. The match, as far as the stat line was concerned, when you look at it, it started to look more even. It definitely started to look more even. They Both clubs were even on shots. Well, you would expect that down a man for most of the half, right? 100%. Shots on target, though. LAFC was up by two. They Both, both clubs had two shots on target. LAFC ended up with six. Club America ended up with four. Possession. Despite LAFC dominating the first half, 
The advantage went slightly over to Club America, 51-49. Passing, 371 LAFC to Americas, 379. Passing accuracy, basically even. Fouls, it was a cheeky affair, man. 20 fouls on LAFC, 19 on Club America. That's a very Liga MX game right there. Two yellow cards on LAFC, three yellow cards. We'll call him Leo Suarez's because, you know, we're going to refer to his, his mop. Uh, three on Club America. Both clubs had one red card apiece, which hurt. Two offsides for LAFC. And as far as corners are concerned, Club America led that. But as far as the most important statistic is concerned, 3-1 to one, LAFC. We move on to face Gignac and Tigres on Tuesday, December 22nd for the rights to hoist the CONCACAF Champions League trophy. A trophy that really holds a lot of sway internationally in our little region. Again, we mentioned this against Cruz Azul. Praise and props to the Columbus crew for winning MLS. We have an opportunity to win CCL. And we're even closer right now, defenders. We're one game away. 90 minutes away from hoisting the most important trophy in our region. I can't wait. I can't believe it. I'm, I'm dying as far as my voice is concerned. You got to pinch me. I'm in a lot of disbelief. I'm sure a lot of you out there are as well. And I'm sure a lot of you tomorrow are going to be feeling the same damn thing I'm feeling tomorrow. Pain, but joy at the same time. Look, here's all I have to say is that never up until tonight have I been more proud to call myself a supporter of LAFC and more proud to call this my club than tonight. Tonight was a night where... We could have done like we have done in every other important match, save the, the 5-3 win in the playoffs against Carson, right? That's, that was the other benchmark moment in this club's history. We've had other great wins, but nothing nearly as important as that win in Carson, or excuse me, in Bank of California Stadium against Carson. I have never been more proud to call myself a supporter of the black and gold. I've never been more proud to call myself one of the faithful that attends the soccer mass, the football mass that is held at the Cathedral of the Black and Gold Bank of California Stadium when we are able. And if not, we hold it over the airwaves. We hold it over the radio waves. We hold it in our hearts and in our minds every time that the Black and Gold take the pitch. But Philly, I know you feel the same way. I don't know that I have ever been more proud to call myself a supporter of a team. I'm a Lakers fan. We won the championship this year. I'm a Mets fan. Okay, that doesn't really matter in this case. I'm a fan of Italy's national team. I'm a fan of LMU basketball. I'm a fan of Syracuse. I'm a fan of Boise State football. But Philly, nothing, nothing has made me more proud than tonight. I mean, well said, Scarf. I mean, you and I obviously share a fandom of the New York Mets. We don't necessarily share the same fandom for the New York Knicks, the Islanders, the Jets. What about the Patriots? Definitely not the Patriots or the Indiana Hoosiers. But I'm going to tell you this much. Yes. Today, and I know a lot of you are going to feel that way, I was so proud of being an LAFC supporter and so unbelievably proud of this club. We have all faced a great deal of adversity in one way or another. Whether it had been emotional, psychological, financial, physical, whatever the case may be, in some way, shape, or form... (laughs) Or or all all of the above. (laughs) Or all of the above, yeah. We all suffered a little bit. 
And when sports was taken away, our regular distraction was gone. And then we had to find ways to entertain ourselves. But to us, it always revolved around the hope of LAFC and Major League Soccer starting up. And it did. And we rode a lot of a tidal wave of several, several emotions. We didn't have the greatest MLS campaign. We did not. But there's, there's multiple reasons, and we don't need to go through that laundry list because we've talked about them in an exhausting manner throughout the course of this season. But this is so worth it. This match drew upon several emotions. And look, I know there are a lot of you out there that are massive Club America fans. I know there are a lot of you out there that hate Club America. I know that there's a lot of you out there who are indifferent and don't know anything about Liga Mekis. The one thing we all have in common is LAFC and the black and gold. Look, I know that there were some conflicts in some households, whether it be a father, a grandfather, a cousin, a brother, or this who was a Club America fan, and you're a part of the black and gold, there was that issue. And then there might have been some of it of your own fandom. Because you grew up a Club America fan, your family was a Club America fan, there was a bit of that conflict. But at the end of the day, defenders, we all live at this point in Los Angeles or have some ties to Los Angeles. I feel so close to this club. I grew up loving the German national team in Manchester United. And I can tell you with the utmost conviction looking you in the eye that if United or Die Mannschaft came in a bank of California Stadium... I wouldn't hesitate to put all that stuff aside and rep my LAFC jersey. Why? Because this is my club. There is no club out there in terms of professional sports that means more to me than LAFC. I have so much of my life entrenched in LAFC. And I am so proud. Wait a minute, you're 40. So what? I just wanted to mention that on the podcast. That's Ace, all. guess what? What? You're right around the corner from I'm the fourth it. floor, too. Just I'm getting wait until you hate it. I'm going to make fun of you, too. I still have two and a half years. Whatever. Those two and a half years are going to fly by because every year after 21 flies by. And for those of you who are over 21, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Uh, unless, unless it's 2020. <laughs> the yeah, unless, the it's, longest decade of my life. Or unless you're, you were watching this LAFC Club America match. Oh, my God. Time definitely didn't go by fast. But what I'm going to say is, look, again, we all have this in common. And I am so proud to call myself an LAFC supporter. I am so proud to stand up with all of you. I am so proud to give you this this podcast with my brother in arms, The Scarf. Hi. I, LAFC at this point has given us all so much joy. Some frustration, not going to lie. Some frustration. <laughs> that's definitely that's yeah. definitely there. But the joys, defenders, the joys... Aren't the highs aren't as high without the lows being as low? Scarf, you're a Patriots fan. You expect to win all the time, and unless when, we have Cam Newton at quarterback, unless you have Cam Newton at quarterback. But this is what it's all about, man. Sometimes being a supporter of a club that has its ups and downs, it, it means something. I, I I look at Larry Friedman, NWO, NWO, RKO, giving LAFC is here for keeps. Larry Friedman, he said once that if the Cubs folded tomorrow. I'd still be riding the high of that World Series. And the reason being is because, well, everybody has a bad century. Up until the Cubs won the World Series, the Titanic sinking was more recent. The frustrations and the years of agony led to that moment of ecstasy. A moment of ecstasy that 
somebody like Larry or any Cubs fan is going to remember for the rest of their lives. And if we can keep that momentum rolling, if we can somehow be fortunate enough to best Gignac and Tigres and win the CONCACAF Champions League and do something no Major League Soccer team has ever done in this current format, we're going to be riding this high for a very, very long time. And God, I can't wait till Tuesday said no one ever until now. All right, so I have two thoughts, and then I'm done speaking on this podcast until we say bye-bye. Thought number one, Carlos Vela played tonight like he has only played against Zlatan Ibrahimovic. There was something about Zlatan that brought out that special, special, special version of Carlos Vela. Not the everyday special version that we're so spoiled with that he makes the one touch onto the left foot of God and curls it into the upper corner of the goal. Not that special version, but that special, special, special version. And what we saw tonight in the second half was the pushed by Zlatan version of Carlos Vela. We need that for 90 minutes against Tigres. That's, that's my first thought. And I, I hope and I pray and I know that we're going to get that from Carlos Vela. My second thought is this, Philly. It's our first final. We've never made it to a final no, of anything. That's a we, good call. We didn't win the Supporters' Shield by making it to a final and winning something. We, we actually kind of sort of backed into the Supporters' Shield after a season of dominance. Your former boys, NYCFC, kind of pushed us to the brink there. And, and we sort of backed into everything that, that came with the Supporters' Shield in 2019. This is our first final. I, I mean, I feel like... like like the time I climbed the rope in gym class. Like I don't, I don't know, I don't know how to feel. I got all the squishies in my tummy, and you know, for any of you that have seen me during COVID, my tummy's gotten a little bigger, but there's still a lot of squishies. I am so nervous, excited, everything else that comes along with all of this. It's like when you see a pretty girl, and and you you're so nervous to go over and talk to her, but but you know that you've got chemistry with her in like 20 minutes and you're going to be sitting across the table. So you're either going to catch your ear on fire with a Bunsen burner or you're going to say something cool, but something in between is probably going to happen. I'm ready to catch my ear on fire with a Bunsen burner. Philly, it's our first final, man. I hated finals in high school and college. I can't wait for this final in real life now. This is going to be so cool. And it's not an MLS Cup final. It's not an open cup final. It's so much bigger than that. It's huge. Here's the thing. It's our first final, and we get to experience this in a year unlike any other where just the simplest pleasures of being able to go outside and eat a meal of food prepared by a restaurant is something we can't even do. In a year unlike any other, we have a chance, by the way, to join the Lakers and the Dodgers in winning championships in 2020 because you better believe this is a huge deal and this is a championship. So let's get those T-shirts made after Tuesday. Not just the Lakers, not just the Dodgers, but the black and gold of LAFC. Without a doubt, I got nothing to say. My heart bleeds black and gold. And I'm glad that there was another team in Liga Emekis that we sent home black and blue. But we're going to end this episode, and I'm going to leave you with a song. We're not getting paid for this podcast, so I'm going to take a liberty right now. 
we're going to end our episode the same way we do it with Scarf saying it and us ending it the way we do. But I want you to envision that Diego Maradona warm-up against Bayern Munich when he was on Napoli. Take that song to bed with you tonight and take it to bed with you on Sunday and take it with you to bed on Monday and listen to it again on Tuesday because it'll put a smile on your face and it'll mean so much more once we take out Tigres and hoist that CCL title. And you guys know how we like to end all of our podcasts, but you know what? Like a good scene in Star Wars, stick around right after we say bye-bye as we play you out for this beautiful episode 133 of the most LAFC podcast in CONCACAF. (laughs) Defenders of the Bank. Bye-bye.